Welcome along. It's the eBay Open Special Edition. Welcome to the Selling on eBay Radio Show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's the uh, Selling on eBay radio show. Sherry Smith, Philip Jackson with you. And uh, coming up on this week's edition of the program, Sherry gets more exposure on eBay. Is that possible? And next, the next seller release, and there's a gotcha in there. Oh, there you go. And uh, eBay Council goes eBay catering with a rather bizarre questionnaire. eBay Open, our scores so far. So we'll give you uh, our feedback. Let's start with, uh, Sherry, you were keeping this one very quiet, that uh, you'd been scooped up uh, by our friends over at eBay to be part of their one of their podcasts. Oh, that's right. So I was on the seller spotlight uh-huh. And that was aired on September 13th. All right. And I honestly forgot about it <laughs> until I was with you in your networking room yesterday. Oh, yeah. Trying to help you as a moderator. Yes, <laughs> the networking rooms are. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the networking room of Philip was hosting for at eBay Open yesterday. On professional electronics. Well, it's a very bizarre situation because every department in eBay put out a a message to the seller, people they know, saying, hey, we're thinking of doing some networking rooms. Are you interested in doing them? And I responded yes to everything. So I ended up volunteering for six sessions, six six, six, six networking rooms over five time slots. So I even double booked myself. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I've I've kind of bitten off a bit more than I can chew. So I did two today, one yesterday, I think, and a couple more tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. It's hard work. <laughs> it is. It, it's hard work. And uh, it was funny because on Phillips, there were these guys, like one guy lit up a cigarette and the other guy was drinking from a flask. Hey, that's Did you my notice tribe. that? Well, you know, it's a, it's a, <laughs> we're a gentleman of a certain age and, and we never care about these things. And uh, the curious thing I thought was when when someone said, do we do social media? None of us did any social media whatsoever. (laughs) That's right. So this is definitely authentic people. Some were selling, I don't know, spark plugs and semiconductor parts. And I thought, I'm really kind of worthless here. And then I started reading the chat. I figured I'd monitor the chat. Yes. And people were saying, oh, Sherry, it's so great to see you yes, live your fan club. So this is what happens. And you don't believe me. <laughs> I go to an event of some sort and someone will say, oh, are you the person that does that podcast? I go, yeah, yeah. Did you listen? Oh, yeah. And then they'll spend the rest of the time telling me how wonderful you are. <laughs> Literally, I can't keep them quiet. And that's what happened yesterday. Well, you got I'll tell me who they are so I can pay them. All right. So anyway, um, let's get back to the, uh, the, the podcast. Oh, okay. So you were interviewed by uh, Georgia. Right. And uh, congratulations, sounds very good. There's a bit of a weird edit in the middle of it, but maybe that's just a glitch on their upload. It seems strange. Um, what we could do, actually, is I have a recording, a brief interview with Georgia I did the other day. So yes. we could turn the tables on her, ask her a bunch of nosy questions, oh. and then move on with the show. How about we do that? Yeah, so okay. she's the one who runs the uh, seller spotlight. Yep, and this is me grabbing her uh, for just a brief minute or two uh, during the the preparation work for eBay Open uh, a little while back. So I'm with Georgia, and is it Empanis? Empanis? Mampanis. Mampanis. That's I good. Know, I'm glad you corrected me. It's really weird. I know. And is that a Greek? 
It is Greek. Do yes. you speak Greek? I speak it fluently. Wow, there you go. I bet you make a mean kebab as well. A kebab? Uh, <laughs> no, I personally don't like Greek food, surprisingly. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's because I grew up eating it, so I'm sick of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and we're here today. We're, work, we're on the eBay campus, Basic and we're working type. on stuff that's going to go out <laughs> at eBay Open. Are you based here normally? I am not. I'm based in Toronto, so I flew oh. out this week to meet with all of you. Very good. Yeah. You, but you come here regularly? Um, Once a quarter-ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not my first time, definitely. But and how long have you worked for eBay? We're coming up on three years now. Okay, very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. So. And they have you doing what normally? Well, okay, my I would say a lot. Um, <laughs> I would say mostly social. So I'm the seller social media manager here okay. at eBay. Um, I am in charge. I oversee the seller spotlight video series, um, which I feel like people are familiar with if they do follow the eBay for Business uh-huh. YouTube channel and Facebook. Um, and I just as of. October 2022, I started hosting Seller Spotlight Podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's just, uh, that's more about the person than the task of selling. Isn't that the idea? Exactly. So we try, it's very biographical. So we care about you and how you started selling on eBay and your unique story. I don't care what tools you use. I want to know about you. Okay. Yeah. And are you looking for people to be part of that? Or do you have a huge backlog of people are ready to get to? I'm always looking for new people. And yes. what makes a good guest, do you think, from, from your point of view? Uh, someone who has a unique story to share. Yeah, you know, it, they just kind of stumble into it or, you know, they taught themselves just something that stands out and makes, you know, And you're looking you for people that are experienced or new or oh, that doesn't any matter? any kind, I'll take you all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And if someone thinks they've got a nice story to share with you, how do they get in touch with with you? Yeah, so if you go on the eBay community page on the podcast, you can submit through the email there. There's a link. Now, going back to what we're doing this week, we're working on stuff for uh, eBay Open. And is it your role is to recruit sellers to be part of the the event itself a little bit? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely working with a lot of sellers. We you know we find sellers from up and running grants. Obviously, sellers we've featured on the podcast and the video series and just like, you know, people who are really excited about eBay and again, have a really good story to share. We And find them let's and say someone attends eBay open and says, I'd like to be on that. I could do that. Are you the person that should contact? I'm, I mean, not necessarily, but I mean, if someone were to contact me, I wouldn't turn them away. I'll definitely gear ah, them to the right direction. So. That's good. All right. Well, I'm sure people will be uh, keen to uh, add their two cents on that one. And you can tell me, I mean, who's been the most difficult seller that you've had to deal with here? (laughs) But there's definitely one. No, No? everyone's fabulous. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I I believe you. Um, And um, what sort of future things are you working on? Is there anything that's coming up around the corner that you're allowed to tease a little bit? No. (laughs) (laughs) No to the fact that I can't tease. I don't know. No, you'll just have to tune into all of our channels and you'll find out. All right, we'll do that, Georgia. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. All right, so that's uh, that's Georgia. Turn the tables on her, interviewing her on our <laughs> podcast. And uh, that's, that's the person you want to contact if you want to be part of the uh, that uh, Seller Spotlight uh, podcast that eBay does. Let's move on with the uh, more news here. Uh, something that I, I attended and maybe we tipped you off was a good thing to uh, check out. And that was a, a photography workshop. Uh, actually, it was run by Etsy, but that's fine with us. And it was about... Uh, photographing uh, clothing typically and some other stuff. Uh, a chap by the name of Eric Valland. He's uh, a pretty high-end New York City photographer and that's not a place where you 
can survive very long unless you're top of the top of the field. And I, I highly recommend it. It was really good, very informative, and if you take pictures of uh, clothing, um, highly recommended. So to find that, uh, sellerevents.etsy.com, and then there's a section under marketing and branding, and it's it's there. It's a replay. I, I highly recommend it. It runs probably an hour or so, but it's good. Very, very good. Have you checked it out yet? I haven't, uh, but since I sell clothing, I certainly yes, should. Yes, yes, uh, I highly recommend that. Okay, uh, what else happened this week? Uh, the eBay Council survey, did yeah. you get it? it yeah. eBay That's a weird asked, if eBay were a culinary experience, what dish would it be? And they said, feel free to describe the ingredients and flavors that represent the essence of eBay. Yeah. Now, if I were talking about your networking group yesterday, I'm going to say meat and potatoes. Yeah, well. <laughs> Steak and eggs. I was thinking of, of going back with some sort of smart aleck answer, like, you know, it's a, it's a finely aged, exquisite filet mignon that's been cooked to hell and back by a bunch of uh, too many cooks that don't know what they're doing. But, but I don't think they see the funny side, do you? So I thought, oh, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there might be more questions. I didn't get past the first question. I thought, oh, my goodness. Uh, how's this going to help anything? So I didn't do any more than that. But that was a strange one. eBay Council, which I thought was sort of providing administrative guidance to eBay. I don't know. The expressions and council functions within eBay have transitioned from the community team to somebody else in the company, and they're trying to find their way of what they're going to do with it. So it, it, uh, they're testing out different ideas. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe eBay's a buffet. I found it so confusing, I couldn't even try to answer it. No, and it wasn't worth the time it would take to come up with a great answer. It wasn't worth it. Yes. Okay, so there you go. If you came up with something really good, then feel free to let us know. Uh, that's uh, You can do that via sell, sell, sell. Uh, dot online. Also, by the way, that's where you can find out details about who the heck we are and what we do. Um, you'll find links to our stores and things there if that interests you. All right. Uh, also, this week, eBay announced the uh, more authenticity stuff. Yeah, so they have upcoming improvements to the authenticity guarantee process, and they're starting these improvements in the handbags uh -huh. authentication process. And basically what it boils down to is that their authentication process, first of all, verifies that it's authentic. But as if you've heard our previous episodes, mm -hmm. you will have heard that they also are verifying that the item is in the condition that you've stated that it is in. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And I'm interested because even after reading this article about this improvement where eBay is going to contact the buyer and the seller by email and let them know that there was a discrepancy and are they? do they still want it? The thing I'm confused about is they already do that because they did that with the watch authentication, mm -hmm. with a watch I was selling. And uh, with a handbag, because I stated it was new, when they found a scuff on it, they just it just failed the authentication yeah. process. So I'm wondering if this applies also when you've put that the condition is new because the thing is is that if your condition is new and it passes authentication the buyer cannot return it i see did you know that yeah that oh, if you, unless you are willing to take it back but yes you can you can make it final sale 
and that's one of the plus points of the selling points of the program is that it does allow you to to eliminate the possibility that the buyer is going to say not as described because it's already been verified. Yeah. I think it's a good idea because I think it salvages the sale, which of course means commission for eBay. So they're not stupid about making that money. And you know, oftentimes, you know, the buyer will still want something. I don't know whether there'll be like a a, a process to a degree an adjustment or not. Yeah. But who knows? Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and with the watch that I sold, that turned out uh, something didn't work on it that I was unaware of. The buyer did still end up wanting it for a lower price. So we... Well, well, also, I suspect where this is going is that when the... Because they don't charge fees now. We're still on the free free authentication on this stuff? Yes. When they go to fees, if it fails authentication and the buyer doesn't want it, my guess is it gets sent back to the seller. You're going to be out the fees because eBay's figured it's already done all the work. Um. And, you know, I think sellers would be very, very unhappy if an expensive handbag came back minus eBay's commission and there's like a one tiny stitch was slightly out of whack or something. You know, that would seem that would not be a good selling experience. And yeah. I can see why they want to try and smooth this over a bit. Anyway, so changes yeah. to authenticity that's announced. And this is kind of all blending in now to the seller release that came out on Wednesday this week. Um, I won't go through the whole thing because Griff will probably do that on his podcast and good luck to him. Uh, but a few things did stand out. Um, uh, immediate payment, that was in there, wasn't it? Yeah, there's more immediate payment rollout where you've probably seen it as far as if you wanted to make an offer, you have to give your credit card information or uh, financial information right there because if the seller accepts it, then they just charge you automatically. Right. So that's and be... also, again, they're kind of teasing a lot of stuff here in the seller release about futures because it's eBay Open Week, so they have to have these things jive together. Um, one of the, the key drawbacks of eBay International shipping is that you can't combine items right now, and they've kind of teased the fact that it's coming soon. Uh, the briefing that they gave us the other day on this was that the problem is oftentimes – how does eBay figure out what the packaging weight and size is going to be when you combine two different items, particularly in a world where sellers aren't very good at giving weight and dimensions? Now, that's a problem when you have you know, one item. When you have two items with no weight and dimensions, eBay's guesswork kind of goes, kind of goes off the scale. This uh, is where they should put AI to work. Well, maybe that's They cannot doing. seem to add the dimensions of two packages. Well, what they do, I think, is if you don't give it, they kind of look at the the category worst case, and and dial in some numbers that means they're not going to lose their shirts. Uh, but it's not very satisfactory. So, and maybe it'll only work for for items where they think the seller's given them legitimate weights and dimensions. There might be some some detail here that we haven't yet heard about. But the, anyway, so that's the plan uh, to do that. And hey, uh, good news, I think. I sold my first eBay international shipping item. Oh, good for you. Because I was, I was holding out on the grounds that they told us, and this was told, I think, to us during the chat session where I specifically asked... Can I have some in and some out of eBay International? They said, no, you can't do it that way. Well, you can. Um, maybe they, maybe something changed in the systems. So I've started to throw stuff into eBay International shipping. And I probably end up putting most of my stuff in there, I think. Um, and uh, so there we go. That that's We'll see how that works out. But that's good. And 
Um, we might talk in a minute about um, the kickoff parties. One of the things that came up at the table I was sitting at at the kickoff party was a gentleman who kept running into Vero problems because his stuff was being sent to countries via international shipping where the brand doesn't allow that. Mm. And I think we figured out that the trick here, the way it works is that if you just don't put any international shipping options, it goes into eBay international shipping, assuming you haven't opted out globally of the program. Right. And you don't want to opt out if you want most of your stuff in there. That's not going to work. And I think the trick was to create a shipping policy that applies to items that you don't want to go into eBay international shipping and to make that policy so onerous that no one's ever going to be compliant with it. So basically, if it's $1,000 to send the item and the only place you'll send it to is Antarctica or some combination of prices and locations that are never going to happen... Effectively, you lock it out of eBay international shipping, but you're never going to get any orders to self-fulfill. Oh, that's interesting. So you, create, so you can block countries? Well, you basically, I mean, I know you, you can you normally. You create a policy that's never going to be implemented, but you assign that to the stuff that you don't want to go into eBay international shipping, and that will then ensure it doesn't go into that bucket, uh, and therefore you can avoid you know, problems if you have particular brand issues that you don't want to be sending stuff and you, don't, yeah. you, for whatever reason, don't think eBay is going to get that right. Yeah. Or if it's a sword, block Australia. Yes. Allow knives. Well, a lot of places are funny about people being stabbed by knives. Funny that, isn't it? But yeah, they <laughs> don't like these things. Anyway, um, let's move on. Um, so yes, uh, a digital service. Day. This is the big gotcha. And I smell a whiff of a cock up here. Do you? Well, with the Digital Services Act, with the EU, they have eBay has to show... If you are registered on eBay as a business, your contact information in the description, and that's already happening and there's no opt out. However, if someone in the U.S. is looking at my listing, they are not going to see it because I was able to opt out from the Inform Act because I have a home-based business. And you don't think this is going to trump the Reform Act and put everything back in that we opted out of? Well, I think that if the buyer is in the U.S., they won't see my address. Uh-huh. I know this is simplistic, but I feel like it's true. And if they're in the EU, they will. But a lot of people, and we're, we're trying to solve it here, and this is a very bad way of doing a radio program. <laughs> Especially we don't know with the me. Answers. Uh, but a lot of people around the world look at eBay.com. You know, and I would imagine the European Union people are going to go, well, you've got to make eBay.com compliant. Yes, they could, they could look at the originating IP address and do stuff, but is, is that going to happen? I don't know. And it seemed, I mean, a few days ago, we were congratulating them on doing a wonderful job of figuring out how to make the, the Inform Act stuff that it wasn't too damaging and that we could opt out. And I think they were so busy doing that, they just got blindsided by the European Union coming out with this thing that potentially makes undoes all that work and puts back all the headaches that they were trying to get rid of by the Inform Act. Maybe I'm seeing it more negatively than it is, but that's kind of I hope so. a thought. And the European Union does not move fast on most things. So this must have been lurking out there for some years, and it's the first I've heard about it. I mean, with Inform, you were going up to D.C. and people like you were going to, to lobby and all this right. stuff. They had Maybe the because thing. there's something we could do about it, lobby to Maybe someone, our government. Maybe someone was paying attention on one and not the other. I don't know. Anyway, so we'll, we'll let you know as and when this detail comes out. But 
it looks like, I mean, worst case, it looks like if you have people outside of the US in the in Europe looking at your stuff, they are going to get your home address and phone number, assuming you're, you're registered your business at your home, uh, in the listing. I right. hope that it'll be hidden behind, you know, pick out the motorcycles before we'll show you this information and then we'll send you an email with the information or whatever it is. But I, that's not how the European thing works. If you go to ebay.co.uk and you're a business, it has all that information right in the listing. There's no obfuscation kind of going on there. Um, so I'm thinking, well, the address is it's not ideal, but you can find that out. I mean, if, they, right. if they're a customer, they're going to get that on the label anyway. Uh, if you have a web store and you have Google advertising, they require you to put your address in the store somewhere. Mine's hidden away as a GIF file somewhere at the bottom of a page, but in theory it's there. Um, but I am going to get a Google voice number or something that will basically say, this is not a man number. Email me if you need anything and try and put everything back in the flow that I've already set up. Now, whether that will pass muster, I don't know. I can turn that off momentarily if they want to test it and then I'll put it back on again. But I don't know. It just it I can't see what it does for the for the benefit of the consumer. I mean what are they gonna do with your address? They're not gonna fly from Frankfurt to Colorado to, to bring back your the shirt yeah. they don't like the colour of, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I have a And you good can put your phone number you're not obliged, you're not obliged to answer it. <laughs> if you see a you know, a plus four, four number or whatever it is, are you going to answer? No, probably not. <laughs> so oh, yeah. And my phone automatically blocks a lot of numbers. So it's one of those great ideas that serves no use. Anyway, so uh, okay. hopefully more detail will come out. That's a gotcha, I think. And and Griff kind of alluded to the fact the other night that he will um, be talking about that in, I think, the next edition of the eBay podcast. So uh, I will be tuned to that with interest to see what that comes up with. All right. And then they also talked about social media mm -hmm. posting. And I think that there's a way to make it automatic. So you can automatically have your listings post to social media. I, I When they had it in the past, years ago, it was probably more rudimentary. But mine was posting listing after listing on Facebook. Okay. So I turned it off ah, okay. because I actually have like friends that I'm connected to yes. on Facebook. Yeah. And I didn't but anyway, it's something to check out. I would probably pick and choose what I used it to okay. share. And I think this is part of a general strategy of eBay realizing that selling stuff through Google advertising is a very expensive way of generating interest. If you can leverage sellers' own social media networks, which cost them nothing, it's a much more profitable sale. And I suspect that's the cogs that are turning in the brains in San Jose. And that's yeah. why they're automating this and making it scale to volume because there are plenty of people out there with big social networks. And that's free advertising. And that goes straight to the bottom line. So that's my Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, I haven't played with this yet, but the promoted listings advanced. I think they finally fixed the real problem with it that – you had to manually keep putting stuff in the program. So as stuff sold, you had to put more stuff in, which, of course, no one bothers to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think they've now got a, like a rules-based system where you could say, well, if it's, a, if it's an Acme widget, then it goes straight in the program, something like that. I, have, I'll, I will test it out and report to the class next time. Oh, good. And there's more about AI descriptions. 
something that I'm just not into. Yeah, they've been plugging it at the event this week, right? And I, I can't say I'm sold on it yet, but maybe maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so and, far I'm not into it. Uh, I'm getting mixed feedback. We've been doing some uh, sessions today on how people are getting on with imaging, and some people say they're doing okay with the new background removal tool. Is that only with the app? Only with app coming to desktop, which is what I think the smart people use, but that's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> sometime soon. Uh, I don't know whether they've done it in-house or whether they're just licensing another system. I don't know. I did ask a bit, but they wouldn't tell me. Um, maybe it's a combination of the two. I think the, the problem is that the... There was a it was a tech blog article on there. Um, it, was, it was developed by some some some. It was a hobby development by people who worked at eBay. You know that doing they do an annual science fair or something where you set up a trestle table and this is my idea for the company and the execs come around and go, oh that's good, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. The background removal was some people that did it in their spare time and all it does it looks uh. around the edge of the frame and uses that as a key to say, well if if the edge of the frame is white and you know mid color gray bring the edge of the frame in till it hits something different. It's pretty basic. And it works okay-ish, but it leaves big islands of, of background in the middle of things because exactly. it, it comes in from the edge. I mean, it, it was okay up for, for, for a sort of, you know, version not one, but I think now other things look much, much better. So they finally, um, I think, ditched that and gone with something else. Um, people seem to like it, uh, although I don't think you can tweak it. I think it's a take-it-or-leave-it solution. Ah, uh, you Which, can't... Uh erase and then you, add you back like on the old the, one. Old, the other one you could kind of coach it as to in theory it was ai mm -hmm. uh, and not just algorithm but who knows uh and it was supposed to, to learn to be smarter I, I wasn't sure about that but anyway anyway so uh that's out there it's it's sort of part of a direction of travel um and also in the seller release again teasing forward i don't think we got a date on this uh, the ability formally, oh no, to do a mix and match international shipping. The idea is that you can have eBay as one of other, several options. So you have the option of doing it yourself. And I would like to do this because I want to put EMS Express Mail as option number two and eBay as option number one. Then I've got my bases covered. I've got the cheap and slow and, and the fast and efficient, albeit a bit more expensive. And then I'm a happy camper. So that will be and, put in my policies as soon as they as soon as they do it. Oh, good. So um, okay, so that wraps up the seller release. Not a lot, really. Uh, the gotcha, I think, is digital services app, but we have no detail how that's going to work. We're just going out of our minds worrying about it. Probably, possibly unnecessarily, but we'll see. Are we? Are we? I am, because I'm, I'm, I'm a recluse. I don't like this stuff. I, I just <laughs> give up. You know, I'm like, I have a security system. I have cameras, uh, I, All right. and I just can't think about and it. And you have guard dogs as well. I do, yes. At least dogs Watch are making out. noise. All right. Uh, eBay Open, how are you enjoying it? Um, I am enjoying the networking rooms. Okay. Uh, how about you? Um, well, let's start with kickoff parties. How did yours go? Okay, my kickoff party really went well. We played, first of all, eBay had lots of swag. Yes. They had, you know, reusable grocery bags, which are cool. People really liked them. Yeah. And a thermos that I love those. I use eBay thermoses every day for my coffee. So everyone liked those. And um, an eBay little book that's really nice. Mm -hmm. And a bingo card so we could play bingo Fantastic. and it's super fun because 
you have to go meet somebody who has met an eBay employee. And another one is meet somebody who speaks three languages. So people were really mixing it's and mingling. Icebreaker. It's a good icebreaker, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. We and we had we prizes. We didn't use that last because we had some other stuff going on. It was kind of going to interrupt things. Um, good turnout. Uh, this is the Orlando one on, uh, what was it, Tuesday evening. Um, you know, 35 people in a room that was kind of 24-ish, so it's like standing room only. We had to drag in some extra chairs. It was kind of cozy. It was nice. eBay paid for some food. They rented the room yeah. for us, so that was nice. And people seemed very, uh, yeah, pretty pretty happy. And then we had Griff. Griff, yeah, eBay, you're special. our special guest. He was joining us via video. We put him on a big screen on the wall. That seemed to work okay. He could hear the questions. We could hear him. He was kind of, I don't know, he turned the lights out at his end, so he was like a little sort of, uh, like a Shakespearean kind of face <laughs> out of the darkness, illuminated by his VDU or something. I don't know, it was a very odd, strange-looking uh, scenario, but anyway. Were people able to interact with him? Sure, yeah, yeah. People, I had people step forward uh, and kind of sit by the, the, the computer so he could see them. But he could see the name badges and stuff. He said, hi, Jenny, how's it going? You know, he could, he could basically interact with people. Wow. And we could see him on the big screen, and it was the speakers on the screen were carrying his voice. Um, so they worked very well. Uh, no problems at all. Wow, that's really cool. So he did his sort of uh, holding court for more than an hour, I think. We, we, we kept wow. Uh, took questions from the floor. That was good. And then we gave the swag away. People seemed happy with that. And everyone busted out of there. And it was good. Everyone was happy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So anyway, uh, kickoff parties went well, at least for the hour or two. I think others went okay. I think you'll see some montage or some pictures. I don't know. We, we've all submitted our write-ups and pictures. So maybe they'll maybe they'll put that into the final day. Because quite often they do some last-minute Oh, I wonder stuff. if they will. I wonder whether they'll put that into tomorrow's uh, programming somewhere. We'll see. Because uh, oh. some, some stuff is live and is, is being done every day. Because I know Rebecca and the other guy are doing continuity. Um, I think it's green screen, but it's it's his live. Okay. Anyway, so that's going on. Uh, otherwise, uh, let's have a look. Any any thoughts on how it's going other than the like the proper event? Well, I did notice when I came on, it was just before 2 o'clock my time, yeah. which is mountain time. And there were still over 3,000 people yes. on. And I noticed there were over a thousand in Anna Packer's a seller-led session, and over six hundred in the side hustle, turn your side hustle into a business yeah. session. And then in my networking room, which was titled "How to Increase Profitability." Uh, I did have 300 people in my networking lot. session. That's a lot. And it was very exciting. I could not keep up with the chat or the Q&A at all. Uh, but we had a very lively discussion. And um, tomorrow, I'll be in two networking rooms. They're by region tomorrow, but you can still come no matter where you're from. And you're doing... First of all, your two networking rooms, and then you have your presentation. Yes. So there's uh, uh, there's networking in the morning, or it's morning my time, first thing. And I'm doing Central Orla Central Florida, Orlando, thereabouts. Uh, Laurie, who does another group in the neighborhood, is also doubling up with me on those. So that's one uh -huh. at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And then in the middle of the day, roughly, it's the it's the the, the thing I've been working on for months and months and months and months, is the uh, seller presentation, 
uh, what's it called? <laughs> Nail the sail. Nail the sail. That's right. I I I I've forgotten. We had so many different titles. It's kind of I lost track. Yeah, Nail the sail. It's all be your great. listings up to snuff. And all the all the fancy graphics of, of of things being nailed, of course, were taken out by the editorial process. So it makes little oh. sense now. Graphically, it was it was it was very cohesive, uh, but now it just looks bland. But there we are. That's 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 what you do when you get take on a corporate gig. Uh, all all your creativity gets taken away. Anyway, uh, so but the, the anyway, content's gonna be great. content is exactly the same. That's pretty much. No, they didn't didn't mess with the content too much, um, and and yeah. So and by the way, uh, I know it's kind of short notice, but. As sellers, as presenters, uh, we get measured on the number of people, first primarily who turn up live for the slot. So do you win your time slot is one of the key metrics as whether you're on the shortlist to come back next year. Second to that is the uh, if you go to the, the session on the right-hand side, there's a poll. And that's where you can say whether it's useful, not so useful, etc. And of course, extremely useful would be the correct answer to that question. Right. And then thirdly, I think they also track how many how many replays you get on the Hopin platform, and then how many you get on uh, eBay for Business YouTube. Uh. And and maybe um, and I don't know whether the day three questionnaire is going to have like a a free text box where you can write stuff in. I would be surprised if it didn't, but I don't know because that's always has in the past. A name check in there, not that I'm trying to encourage you to do anything specific, uh, would go a long way, shall we say. So yeah. uh, that's fun and games for tomorrow. Um, I mean, the basic gist is, uh, I think we, have we talked about, I don't know. If we, uh, they sort of said, well, can you do the, the perfect listing presentation, which is something they do every year. And they, they, they punted out the sellers this year. And we got to talk. You got to talk about you know the keywords to use and the order of the keywords and blah 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 and the first photo and stuff. And I thought, well, to be honest, Valerie Yee did a great one of these presentations the other day, and it's only made for business. Why would I repeat her stuff? Right. It's not going to be very interesting. So why don't I? I'll pick something different. So anyway, this thing talks really about how to sell in a world where you're charging twice as much as everybody else for the same item. What can you do? Yeah, we want to know how to do that. Yeah, well, that's a useful skill, right? Uh, yeah. How do how do you write? How do you do the, the the imagery? How do you appear in search? How do you get high in search? How do you get click throughs? What do you put when people do click through? How do you try and compete in a world where you have no real branding or no differentiation or anything at all? And that was one of the lot of stuff that came up in the uh, in the networking session as well. Anyway, so that's what it's about. Uh, at least that's my version. Uh, sticking to it. Um, so that's tomorrow's conversation. And then there'll be a Q and A, um, which questions get filtered by eBay, so they will pick the questions that I'll be answering. Uh, so hopefully they pick good ones. Yes. And that runs ten minutes, and then we're done. Finally, it's done after all these. Well, months I look forward to being there. Good. Thank you. Um, We'll even try and put a few plugs for the podcast in if they'll let us. <laughs> the clandestine yes. marketing. Not that we do a lot of marketing anyway. So there we go. That's that's fun and games tomorrow. And then there's another networking uh, before we go home. And that's that's it. So there we are. <sighs> Anything else to say on open? The only other thing I want to say, and I know I keep saying networking rooms, it is fun connecting uh-huh. with other sellers. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been good. And... People seem to like the networking rooms. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. I think I think you it's can a more human screen. process. Yeah, but don't want ten, to. Ten up to ten people no at a time. Does, but they can do. Yeah. <laughs> 
So anyway, we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Um, the presentations, I think, have had a bit, a bit of a mix. Some, some more useful than others, but that's probably the nature of all these things. So we'll, okay, I'll, 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 by the time we speak next time or next week, anyway, I will. Um, I've gone through all the stuff I miss on the events and caught up with stuff, and then I will uh, pontificate another time whether I think they were all good or medium or not. Who knows? Yeah, and we'll this see. year you can replay the sessions, not the networking sessions, yeah. but. Anyway, uh, one last uh, diary note. I think we must be getting near the end of quarter three, right? So it's time to use that supplies coupon if you haven't done so. Other than that, we will see you again very soon. This is Philip and Shari saying... Thanks for joining us and hope to see you tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, maybe see you next time.